Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to the first B2B uh, marketing panel. Uh, today's subject is going to be lead generation versus demand generation. What are the similarities? What are the differences? And a lot of other fascinating questions around this topic. Today, we've got Yol Israel, Found by Digital. See ya. Yes, we've got uh, Shira Sarid, VP Marketing of Arada. And we've got Clara Bielli, Director of Global Marketing at Sayolo. Uh, good to have you uh, here, guys. So fun. Good to, Happy be, to here. be here. <laughs> Thanks, Omri. And I'm, and I'm Omri Hurwitz, your host. <laughs> um, so I would like to start off with our first question is, um, how would you define the difference between lead generation and demand generation marketing? Like, what are the general differences? Yoel, we can start with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, so uh, it's funny because I think when you ask this question to different people, which you'll get different answers. But in general, in short, I think demand gener lead generation is when you're actually asking for contact details. So then you'll be able to market to them specifically in the future. Demand generation is just putting out content and value out there without anything in exchange. And by doing that, they'll want to learn more. They'll poke around more, poke around your website more, uh, get to know who you are, maybe dig deeper. You as personally on your LinkedIn business page or LinkedIn profile or through other ways that, um, you know, and it's more top funnel and more curiosity. And I also think that creates more conversations within an organization um, because they would have had something that would, they would have more likely would have consumed something only because they didn't have to give over their contact information in order to consume it. Um, and that creates demand. And I think lead gen is much more straightforward is, um, hey, we have some you sign up to a webinar or read our white paper, um, you know, give us your email so we can continue to be in touch um, in, in exchange. Uh, I, I break it down really kind of like that pretty straightforward. Sure, from your experience, is it the same thing you would take? Yeah, no, I actually agree with Yoel on the differentiation between the two. It's very much a push versus pull approach. But I think I would add to the uh, demand gen that it also builds your credibility as a vendor and your brand. So there are a lot of different pieces of content that I would push through the demand gen versus lead gen, uh, depending on which kind of intent level you're trying to get to. Uh, so to put it in short, demand gen is just much broader than the very specific goals of lead gen. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Claire, do you see it the same way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've said pretty much everything I was going to say. What I do find interesting is, <laughs> you stole my thunder, <laughs> um, but what I do find interesting is a lot of people, I think there is a lot of confusion around the two terms, and I do hear a lot of people using the two uh, different terms interchangeably, but actually I think the fundamental difference is that demand generation is about kind of building this credibility, building this sport leadership, creating and giving out valuable content so you can create a buzz around your company and people will trust your company. So that then I think once you get to the point where you're asking for someone's details through like a lead gen campaign, they've already got some awareness of you. They've already got some kind of trust of you. And I think that the two, and this is probably going to go on to your next question, but the two work hands in hands um, because demand generation, I think actually enables the success of a lead gen campaign. Hmm. So Claire, how do you, how would you translate demand generation into like the practical level? So until now we talked about like big level strategy. What does demand generation look like? There are many different aspects to demand generation. I think it starts with a lot of content. Um, so this can be any kind of content. Um, 
often like, for example, if you do blogging, um, either on your own website along with an SEO strategy so that people are coming to your website or guest blogging, and then you can build it out from there. Like often, I think that you can just create one topic and you can get it across all of the different channels. So you start off with a good topic and you can have a blog post and then you can promote it on social media and then you can share it with online influencers that will hopefully share your content. Um, you can promote it in every single way. So I think it often starts with very valuable, relevant content. And, and it's obviously important that this content is targeted to your, to your target audience, that it's relevant because I think it also helps if you see that someone's consuming a lot of the content through demand generation, that it's the, it's the correct audience that is actually consuming it. And just to add to that, I think that then also, if you have a really good topic that you see is generating a lot of traction online, then you can turn it also into an asset for lead gen, uh, such as a webinar or a white paper that can be behind like a gated page that people will actually think is worthy giving their details for. Yoel, I know that you're a big fan of uh, building a media company around your brand. Um, do you think that is some, some sort of form of lead gen, doing podcasts, doing interviews, uh, doing those kind of stuff? No, I think it's 100% demand gen. I, um, I meant demand gen, sorry, I meant demand gen. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just putting out content and letting people know that you're visible and you're relevant is, is demand gen. I mean, I prefer to do more demand gen in general. I think it's a much more, it's, I think for early stage startups, you really need to be focused on lead gen. You need to prove your concept. You need to prove revenue. You would do things that, you know, you would do, let's say LinkedIn outreach that a lot of people would discourage, but your startup, you have a lot of expenses. You need to book businesses and you need to prove to investors that you can bring in revenue or you have a viable product. I think after you're to a point where you're break, let's say you break, once you're at break even, when a startup's at break even, um, then I don't know if this will be categorized as a startup. I think the transition to demand generation need to be made because you know you're here to stay you have the revenue you have a, a niche or a corner or a part of a market that you own and you're covering your expenses so at that point it's important to continue lead gen but start to move your budget and some budget and some focus to more top funnel demand gen and thought leadership um, so that can actually lead to more business more word of mouth referrals in the medium to long term so you'll be exchanging uh, short-term benefits for medium and long term uh, of benefits. Shira, what are your main uh, uh, demand gen tactics in Verada? What do you guys do? So I think we've, you know, Claire and y'all covered it a little bit, but I think what we add on top of that is quite a bit of PR. Um, and I know for many startups, this is uh, something that they try to avoid. It sounds extremely expensive, which by the way, it is. Mm -hmm. um, but it's something that we sort of almost have to do. And that's in order to raise above the noise as a B2B uh, infrastructure vendor, we've got to build credibility. And the only way to do that is to have someone else speak about you and not just you speak about yourself, which is what you do through your blog and your bylines and all those thought leadership pieces. So what we're trying to do is to build essentially three PR strategies, right? One is pure media, have the tech targets and the tech crunches of the world cover us in a positive way. Um, the second one is what we call influencer tactics. Now, in this sense, I'm not talking necessarily about the bloggers who would just retweet you, but those who would actually contribute to your content. So we try to build content together with an influencer. Um, yes, it's pricey but it tends to be worth it because if you think about a white paper, what are the odds of someone opening a white paper, even as a gated asset where it just says Verado on it and they've never heard about this company. 
But if it, it comes with another brand name of a very smart person from the industry, then it's going to trigger their interest. Um, so, that, and then the third thing is analysts. Um, and we do spend a lot of time uh, briefing analysts on a regular basis. Uh, we've mapped the important ones. Um, so we can't do everything right. We're still a startup. Uh, and everybody's time is very expensive. Um, so we've mapped, I would say, 20 to 30 analysts from different shops. We did stick to the tier one, so the Gartners and the Foresters of the world. And yes, this tends to be a very heavy investment, both in price and in timing, um, but it pays off. So the more that we have other people write about us, the more that we can build our brand and credibility, which will then support our lead gen efforts. Hmm. So a lot of SDR teams are, I don't, from what I've heard, are a little bit um, skeptical about the demand generation method. It takes more time. They don't see the, the numbers uh, straight away, right away. Uh, how do you handle it here on your side? Does your SDR team do any problems with that or is it more- Let me give you, yeah, the, the simplest example. So Verada was just named a cool, gar a cool vendor by Gartner. Now, this is a pure demand gen effort, right? Yeah, we love that. Um, and it took about a year to build that with Gartner. But once we did get the cool vendor, which is a fantastic achievement, now the SDR can put that in their correspondence and engagement with prospects to build credibility. So it's not just Stephen from Verada reaching out to a CIO or chief data architect, right? It's Steven, that was named the cool, you know, a cool vendor. So now it goes into their email signatures, it go into a blog post, into many of our messagings to build that credibility. So as soon as they feel that this supports their effort and gives them more power to speak and engage with prospects, then they love it and they ask for more uh, of these like articles and everything that's sort of independent, third-party uh, created content. So it's, it's exactly what Claire mentioned, that they support each other and enable the Legion effort to be far more uh, effective than it would have been just with Legion content on its own. Hmm. Claire, uh, on your side, do you, do you feel that the demand generation tactics uh, you guys are doing in uh, Sayolo are, are helping the SDR teams have a warmer outreach approach, like they get better response? Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely part of um, the decision process as to when we're like identifying a hot lead um, for the SDR teams to reach out and um, approach prospects. Um, obviously, the SDR teams are always focused on leads. Um, but say you can have X number of leads in your system, who do you reach out to first? And I think this is also where demand generation can come in along with a lead scoring system. Say if you're using a marketing automation platform such as HubSpot. So what we do is we give, um, I know a lot of people are probably already familiar with lead scoring, but I'll explain it briefly just in case there's anyone that isn't. Uh, lead scoring is something that you give a person, a prospect, a number according to um, different um, features. So it can be demographic, such as they're from the US and they're from a certain company of a certain size, they'll get X number. You can also give it according to behavior. So let's say if they've read two blog posts about, let's say for in, in my world at Siona, it could be about zero trust um, access. Um, a zero trust access solution. So we see that they've read two blog posts on this and then they've also watched our webinar on can you trust your zero trust provider. Um, so I mix up with lead gen there. But, but the point is, is that this content and consuming this content starts to mark this lead up as more relevant. And then once they reach a certain score, then they go over to our SDR team. And then our SDR team is able to 
you know, reach out to a lead that is like one more likely to be interested because they've consumed a certain amount of content on our site already. And then also if they are really drilling into the details, they can see what they've read, what they're interested in, and then that helps them pitch um, what they're going to say to the prospect. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Yo, as an agency, as someone who's leading an agency, you see, you work with so many clients in the tech industry. Do you think, um, of course, I, I know you, you think that way, but if you can tell us a little bit in depth, how can you actually combine lead generation efforts with demand generation efforts? Well, I, I think it's a, so it, it has to be done in parallel and the messaging needs to be related. So there needs to be strong communication between those that are doing the lead gen and the demand uh, and the demand gen, which is why it's great to have usually one marketer that's responsible for both, such as let's say Shira or Claire would do at, at their companies. Uh, therefore, you can make sure the messaging is consistent. You don't want, you know, one messaging going out, let's say, in lead generation and ads, and then your demand generation, let's say, through influencer marketing to have a different messaging. Um, what there will be th that gap, there will be a little, it will be difficult for people that just heard about you from the demand gen, and then let's say they were to see an ad or something for a lead gen to bridge that gap. Um, you want to make the messaging not, you want to make the messaging clear across the board. Uh, the consistency is imperative. Um, and that's how you're, that's how you're able to kind of, I think, I think bridging them that way is how you would do it. As an agency that is uh, sometimes, um, scored upon the leads they, they, they bring to the company, would, would you have trouble like doing paid social for demand gen efforts, you know, ungated content? Yeah, so for startups that aren't profitable, it's extremely difficult because um, the marketers understand its importance. Um, I, you can say the same thing for SEO, is that the marketers understand how imperative it is. But often founders, if they don't have any marketing background or their first time foreign founder, the SDR is that one need leads this week to call so they can feed their family next month. So right th th this year, they're not as interested in demand gen if the company is not yet profitable. However, the, the marketers hold a tremendous, tremendous amount of responsibility is that they need, they have the responsibility to make sure that, you know, you create that demand to have those leads in the medium term and the long term, but at the same time being able to give what's needed now right? Mm -hmm. um, it's, a, it's kind of in a way, like when you think about doing budgeting for your personal house, you have your expenses that you need today. You need to pay your rent or your mortgage. You need to put food to the table, but you also need to buy life insurance for God forbid, or health insurance or things for, you know, a, a rainy day. And some people say, well, we need to buy these things now. We need these things now. I need a vacation now. You know what I mean? But like, no, but we know we need to save. We need to save and we need to strategize. We need to plan and, you know, we need for, to have things work for us in the future. So we can't just enjoy today, but also in the future. Mm -hmm. So there is this conflict of interest. And I think um, not a conflict of interest. I think that there's this there's this power struggle maybe between the SDRs that want the leads now and don't um, and they might understand, but they're not as interested in uh, you know moving budget towards demand generation that aren't going to feed them leads and maybe in the next few months. Uh, I that's a great challenge I think that a lot of people have, and I think a lot of respect, a lot more respect needs to be given to marketers that kind of need to tread this water between giving doing what's best for the company and giving those immediate needs you know to the startup mm -hmm. sure, i would agree know. with that um, sorry okay. and, and it's actually, i think i'm very fortunate at ciolo that i feel like the management um the higher management and also the sales do understand that there is an aspect of marketing that takes a bit longer 
Um, for example, SEO, uh, you can't expect to write one blog when you're suddenly on page one of Google. And, um, but I think the problem with demand generation in general is it's very hard to prove the ROI. Uh, and, and that's the biggest challenge, I think. I mean, you can set certain KPIs such as, you know, you, you can increase your website traffic by X percent. You can increase the number of time that someone is spending on your website uh, by X percent. You can decrease your bounce rate, but you can't actually say, okay, I've, by doing all these blogs, and it's very hard to say, by doing all these blogs and all of this um, thought leadership, I brought in X number of sales because you can't really prove, or it's very hard to prove, that if somebody has requested a demo, like how much activity they have specifically done beforehand, how many adverts they might have seen of yours on social, organic adverts, how many blog posts they might have read, how many guest blog posts they might have read on another uh, site that's relevant, how many Gartner reports they might have read um, that actually help them to make that decision. And, and this is, I think, a huge challenge for marketers because, you know, especially if you have, as you well said, a CEO that doesn't understand marketing very well, it's very hard to prove to them that all of the other work you've done around this has actually contributed to that sale. So what are the main ways you can prove to the uh, CEO that the gen works? I think this is where we start marketing our marketing, right? <laughs> so you, you gotta learn how you communicate that internally and explain it. So you set the expectations straight. And I think one of the easiest way that I've had to do this is to think about campaigns versus goals. So when we think about a campaign, it comes with a cluster of content. Now, underneath the hood, it includes both lead gen and demand gen efforts. And I think this is where we know how to diversify in a smart way, where there's enough demand gen, but sufficient lead gen. And then the combination of both will yield good results. So you will keep your management and sales team happy with enough leads coming into the flow, but I know that I've also pushed quite a bit of uh, demand gen efforts and content that will build our brand juice or power, if you want to call it, in the long term without them necessarily understanding all of it. But it, it's we started to do it, right? So yeah. SEO is a part of it. It's always been a program that's very hard to explain to the sales team and to the leadership team. Um, but we know we need to do it because it takes about, I would say, two to three years to build a good organic traffic uh, flow. So if you don't start it now, what will happen in three years when you really need it to sustain your growth? Um, so it's all about thinking what, you know, and touching on Yoel's comment on short-term versus long-term, but you've got to do it right now and just find the right balance. And it takes a little while to find it. It's not necessarily the 80-20 role where you do 80% uh, lead gen and 20% demand gen. It's finding what works for you and it, to continue trying it. So I can say that some of that, my campaigns were almost 95% lead gen and I saw the results on the traffic, zero traffic to the website. Hmm. Um, and then when you start to balance it better, then things start to pay off in the long term, if that makes sense. It does. You have, sure, you have so many experience working with, with you know, in high level marketing for so long. What type of companies do you think work better with lead gen and what type of companies work better with the mansion? I know there's a subtle balance, like you said before, but I right. do believe there's some character of a company that works better for a lead gen with a lead gen tactic and one that goes with the mansion. So I think it depends on who your persona is. And for us at Verada, we're targeting quite senior executives as the 
um, almost the champion and the decision maker are the same person. Sometimes even the influencer is all, also the decision maker and that's a big issue. So let's think about if you're only marketing to influencers and that you wanna get your foot in the door, then lead gen is probably gonna be good enough in the first steps. But if you're marketing to the decision maker who holds the check, and this is a heavy check that they need to sign because again, brought as an infrastructure vendor, then it, it needs to, the balance shifts a little bit because they have to build credibility. Now doing lead gen for a very senior executive is very expensive and tricky. So that takes a long time. And also I need to build the sales enablement content that will support the lead once it flows into the system. So I have to say that it really depends on your persona and how easy it is to onboard the product. For Verada, we are a very you know, heavy B2B player. It's not a SaaS product. So the onboarding takes time, the lead nurturing takes time. So I need to do a lot of um, what we call demand gen to support the process. So many of my, most of my time is spent on actually sales enablement and building all those tools that the sales teams can use to convince the decision maker to even start a conversation with us. Um, so it's very much persona related. Claire, do you see it the same way? Yeah, I mean, I think that I have a very similar situation at Ciodo in that we're targeting CISOs and CIOs and there's no way that they're gonna just sign up for something if they don't trust you and know who you are and have you have some kind of credibility. So demand gen is extremely important as well as lead gen. Um, and I do think, as I said before, the two do go hand in hand. I do think you need both in a strategy. But if you were to ask me, you know, what kind of company do you think that perhaps you would, there'd be more of an emphasis on one, I think perhaps demand gen could work better for companies that have a very kind of no touch or SaaS plan. So like, let's say, or, or even like B2C, like let's say that, you know, you can go to the website and you can immediately just sign up and buy something very easily. Say if it's a tool that requires very little onboarding, then perhaps there you can have a lot of um, blogging and articles and SEO and then people come to your site and it's very intuitive and you can just immediately sign up and get started. So here I can see that demand gen can be very useful. You don't always, if you don't necessarily need to speak to a salesperson and have a POC and have this whole process. Um, but in general, I think, especially for most B2B companies, you, you definitely need both. Joel? I mean, I feel like a, a to add on to what Clarence Schur said first, I think, I guess I answered this question earlier on, um, is that uh, it depends on the stage of the company, first and foremost, uh, how they should focus on lead gen or demand gen. Um, so I won't repeat myself there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's also depends. I think their, their persona is important and is, is obviously a big part. I feel like I have nothing, I think I already answered this question earlier on and I have nothing to add on top of Claire and Shira. So awesome. for everyone's time, I'm going to move on. Awesome. So I want to, I want to finalize with one last question to all of you, um, and, and take a few seconds to think about it. If you need, what is your number one, uh, marketing rule you always go back to when, you know, the number one rule you can always Number one advice for marketers that you can always give that will always be, you know, evergreen. I would say that it's always think about the prospect and not about yourself. Uh, so in anything that you do, and, and I see a lot of people make this mistake. They want to talk about their company. They want to talk about what they can give you, what they have. Like the, the customer, the prospect doesn't care. Think about what their problem is, what their pain point is. And in anything that you do, whether it's lead gen assets, demand gen assets, 
it should be about helping that person solve their pain point because they don't really care about how many bills and whistles your product has. What they, what they care about is what their problem is and how you can help them solve it. I couldn't have agreed more. I think it's all about talking to your persona and hitting their pain, right? So even with infrastructure, it's all about what's hurting them right now, not necessarily long-term stuff because that's very difficult to engage on. And then find a way to get them to notice you versus your ecosystem, not necessarily even competition because different people perceive alternatives differently. But so step one, find what's hurting them the most right now. And step two, why are you the one they should speak to? And because you're doing something a little bit different or better. Um, so it's a combination of both. Awesome, yeah. Uh, so for me, I would say um, in short, is the like uh, this is a totally different opinion and it might be different than from different startups uh more for personal branding but it's relevant for any company is try to get as much attention as you can you got to put out as much content as you can uh be extroverted go out of your way to help people do whatever you can so that you can act, uh, provide as much value uh unidirectional as you can and then i think through that you'll find down down the line Right, and so the demand gen is that it will come back, and you'll and they'll and they'll come back to you, and so I really think that that's really the focus is to try to get, try to give as much value so you can get as much attention. Awesome, guys! Thank you so much for coming to this panel. I want to thank you guys again, Shura Sarid, VP Marketing of of Arada, Clara Vielli, uh, Global uh, Director of Global Marketing for Sayello, and of course, Yoel Israel, the leader of Wadi Digital. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Amri. Thank Thanks, you. Congratulations. Amri. <laughs>